I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is TCS Impact Series brought to you by Tech Central. To subscribe, you can do so on YouTube. Simply go to youtube.com slash techcentral, hit the subscribe button, and you'll never miss an episode of the show. Now, today's guest is a friend of the show. Akram Mohammed is a Vice President of Operations, Huawei Business Group, South Africa. Akram, welcome to the show. How's your 2023 treating you so far? Thank you for having me on the show, Duncan. It's really a pleasure to be here. And 2023 has started off quite uh, really, really well. Um, we recently launched the, our latest flagship product mm -hmm. and a whole host of complementary products. But apart from business, I think um, for, for the economy, for, for, for the rest of the industry, things are looking a little bit brighter, hopefully, for 2023, apart from load shedding. Yes. Um, but, but otherwise, things are getting better. Supply chains are starting to open up a little bit. COVID restrictions are easing around the world. So hopefully we have um, a more promising year than, than the last one. Great. And you've mentioned uh, there's a new flagship uh, in South Africa. I have it right here in my hand. Uh, this is the Huawei Mate 50 Pro. That's I it. love the camera design at the back. And Absolutely. I do like stunning. this orange color as well. It's quite unusual for a smartphone. It's stunning in terms of aesthetics. I mean, as you can see, the, the camera design that you mentioned, that space ring, mm. um, but also a little bit understated. So it's, it's both... Uh, for, for the aesthetics and the mm -hmm. beauty element, but also it's practical because having that kind of design allows us to keep the camera bump much smaller. Mm. Considering that we have a periscope lens on this device oh, wow. um, and also uh, ultra aperture, which means physical aperture that you can change, you would normally get a huge camera bump on a device like that, but we managed mm. to keep it down because it's all spread across the, the space ring. Yeah. So yeah, both aesthetics and functional, really stunning one. And it's certainly become a, a selling point for smartphones is the camera bump. You yeah. can, you can, it's, they, they're very, all smartphones these days, especially when you switch them off, look very similar from the front. Absolutely. But at the back, it's become a way for brands to distinguish themselves. That makes a statement. Yes, and this um, certainly makes a statement. Yeah. And I think brands are doing that more and more um, to, as a differentiating factor, but also because mobile phones are not just communication devices anymore mm. or photography devices, but it's an extension of our personalities, our sense of fashion, mm. lifestyle, all of those things. So it's really, really important to fuse them into the design element. And you want to make a statement with Absolutely. your phone these days. Absolutely. Now, I'm a big fan of the Mate series. I, um, I owned the Mate 20, I think it was, the Mate 20 yeah. Pro, which unfortunately was liberated from me in traffic. Um, <laughs> but I love that device. Um, how popular has the Mate series been in the South African context? Well, it's really interesting that you mentioned Mate 20, yes. because that was the most successful model in South oh, Africa and okay. around the world as well. Okay. Um, it really started to kick off with the Mate 10 device. And I think throughout the Mate, the entire um, heritage was built from that specific smartphone, yeah. which was the first one um, to launch with artificial intelligence and on-device processing through the NPU. Mm -hmm. um, and it really, really took off. But when the Mate 20 series came in, it was really well designed. It had stunning display, great processing, and cameras, all of them. It, just, it was a, an all-in-one package, yeah. and I think that was so incredible. At a good price. At a great price point, mm. too, yeah. Mm. Um, and, and that just flew off the shelves. So that set the statement. And then, of course, we, we skipped one generation afterwards due to the challenges we experienced with some of the restrictions, um, at the, you know, the geopolitics situations. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we skipped one model and then we came in with the Mate 40 device, mm -hmm. Mate 40 Pro in South Africa, and that did fairly well too. And now we are quite encouraged by the pre-orders and the, and the interest so far right. in just a couple of days for the Mate 50 Pro, and we're hoping to do just as well. Okay, okay. Now you, you obviously have discussions amongst yourselves about which products to range in the South African market. Yeah. This unit, this model was introduced in some markets already last year. Yeah. It's now being introduced in South Africa. 
What, what's the thought process behind uh, introducing a new phone in the country? What, what, what criteria does it have to uh, reach in order to be considered sufficiently, uh, what's the word, sure. um, suitable for suitable, introduction yeah. to a local market? Uh, I think we, South Africa over the last number of years um, has become a tier one country for, for Huawei as a brand. Sure. You know, so if we go back to the P8s, etc., we started at that time, we were still moving into the premium space. And once the P8 launched and we went into P9, P10, and then, of course, Mate 10 series, mm. we really cemented ourselves as a strong flagship premium smartphone vendor in, this, in the local markets. And that has not changed. So because South Africa is so important for Huawei as a business globally, all new flagship devices will come to South Africa. Um, and, okay. this, and this is no That's different. So we've set it for ourselves. I mean, it's one of the most important countries for us, and that even supersedes Europe. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely outside China, South Africa will be one of the first countries we introduce new products to. Oh, good. That's, yeah. good. That's great news. So, so give us uh, the elevator pitch, if you like, uh, two minutes about why consumers should be looking at the Mate 50 Pro. What, what's, what are the standout features of this device? Well, I, I think there's a couple things. And like we mentioned first was the design and how it's an, ex mm -hmm. an extension of who you are, etc. It's a really, really stunning looking phone. It is. Um, and the, the version you've got in your hand right now is the vegan leather version. So the back is also a little bit more durable compared mm -hmm. to the standard glass versions. And then you've got the incredible cameras that are on this. Mm -hmm. Now, the important things, I mean, everybody loves great cameras nowadays because we document special moments. And we always want to document our lives throughout, especially... Um, you know, it's for, for kids, for lifestyle, and those live on social media. So you need to have a really good set of cameras. We've been leading the camera industry for quite some time in a smartphone. And once again, we've got a periscope camera lens in here. Mm -hmm. So that allows for you, you to take uh, 3.5 times optical zoom, but go up to 100 times um, in terms of digital, digital zoom as well. So you're getting 0 0.5 right up to 100, which is essentially a 200 times range. That is just one of the lenses. We then have a 60 megapixel ultra aperture camera as well. And this is really, really incredible. So what it does is, and people love portrait photography, especially to get those nice, lovely bokeh, mm -hmm. and also low light photography. And usually these are enhanced by manufacturers through computational photography using software. So for the first time on a smartphone, we've actually put in physical aperture. So you've got six blades mm -hmm. that actually move and can adjust your aperture by 10 levels. So this allows you to manually control your aperture and have full control of it and then enhance it via software as well. So this is now on DxO Mark, the number one phone in the world for overall photography on a smartphone, as well as low light, as well as bokeh because of that. And then, of course, you've got your macro lenses um, included and the wide angle lens and all of them come together. And I think this is really important. Um, you know, as a package with Huawei's XMIDGE technology. And what we do is we take software, we take the camera lens hardware, mm -hmm. as well as the image processing system and fuse all of them together to allow an ordinary user to just point and shoot without being a pro and get the best image possible. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about megapixel count, but how all of them come together. And that is what Making we call XMIDGE. Easy to use. XMIDGE. XMIDGE. Mm -hmm. That is a Huawei brand right. um, that's based on our cameras now. So incredible camera. And then, of course, for a premium phone like this, I think one of the pain points, and our R&D has shown this, is that your screen, you, you want to protect, people tend to break the screens a lot, sure. especially if you drop it. So that is something that we've also improved on the, on the Mate series. Can we test it? Yeah, go for <laughs> no, it. I'm just <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Go for it. And now pick that up. 
Looks like it's in good condition. <laughs> good condition, not even scratches. Should we try it a bit higher? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> can't believe I'm doing this, that. Akram. Perfect, no scratches. At that height. At that height, that's so very impressive. What, what it, that, that is called Kunlun glass, what right. you've just practiced and tested there right now. Um, so compared to normal glass, we've run a process that takes 24 hours, 108 processes and mm -hmm. steps at 1600 degrees Celsius. Um, and, and we've used 10 quadrillion um, in a nano crystallization process to actually ensure that this screen is as durable as possible. The result is what you've just got now. It's 10 times more drop resistance than the standard screen. And it's the first smartphone in the world to get a five-star certification for drop resistance by Switzerland's SGS. Impressive stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, the battery. Um, battery life is in incredible, as you would expect from a mate. How big is um, it? 4,700 milliamp hours, mm -hmm. but also then complemented by a 66 watt supercharge okay. um, and 50 watt wireless supercharge. 50 watts wireless. 50 watts wireless. That's, so that's really, really Is that safe? <laughs> yeah, absolutely safe. Right. Because it's not just on the uh, handset itself, but also the charging cable and mm -hmm. the charging block. All of them are integrated. And then we have AI, which will automatically cut it out if mm -hmm. it finds it's getting out of hand or okay. if there's any danger. Too hot. Uh, too hot or any of the, those mm -hmm. kind of things. But it also learns your habits. So your sleep patterns based on what time you wake up and your alarm clock and all of these things. So, you know, you're going to get up at 6 o'clock. Mm -hmm. There's no need to charge your phone till 100% uh, at midnight. Right. So it will pause the charging until it's closer to the time of you to get up and then take it on to get it to fully charge. So that also conserves the battery life and makes it much safer. And, uh, and extends the life of the battery as well, I'm sure. Absolutely. Mm. And one thing that we've added, which is really, really incredible, but I hope people will never have to use, yeah. is the emergency battery mode. So when your phone gets to 1% battery life, the phone automatically switches to emergency super energy mode. Mm -hmm. And that gives you three hours of standby on the 1% or 12 minutes of talk time. Okay. So if you need to contact emergency services for whatever you need, in case you haven't charged it and it's load shedding, you can't get to a power source, you still have three hours of standby so you can be reached or you have 12 minutes of talk time. It's a bit like the reserve tank on your car. Yeah, that's that's it. Very clever. So these you are can't some use the phone for anything else except making a an emergency phone call during emergency that phone call and text messaging and text oh texting yeah. okay texting as well okay okay yeah. cool so some some great fe features here unfortunately Akram we can't talk about uh, modern smartphones these days without talking about geopolitics as well yeah and obviously consumers have some concerns around. Uh, around some of the uh, impact that we've seen flowing from those geopolitical issues. Absolutely. Uh, and one of them is the access to Google services, mm -hmm. and the other, of course, is the access to uh, 5G um, networking. Yeah. This is a 4G LTE phone. In my experience, I still use a 4G LTE phone, by the way. I don't have a 5G phone, and I find it perfectly adequate for what I need to do. Sure. So, I, I, you know, while it doesn't have 5G, um, that doesn't make the phone any less usable. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on that and, and also the, um, how consumers are finding here in South Africa are finding um, the use of Huawei mobile services instead of Google mobile yeah. services on their devices. I think that's a very important question. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, you know, since the sanctions hit in 2019, of course, at that point, we weren't quite sure how it's going to go and how it's going to play out, what's mm. going to be the result. But again, you know, because of our huge investments in research and, uh, research and development, we've managed to come up with solutions, one of them being the App Gallery, which has now become the third largest app store in the world. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we're under no illusions that it was a challenge and it was a change because consumers need to now try something completely different. I think what helped was the fact that it's still Android. 
Yes. And uh, that was the major confusion. When we first launched HMS, people thought it was a new operating system. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's still Android-based. And by virtue of that, Android APKs would work. Yes. The key difference... APK being the software package for an app on Android. That's correct. Right. And that will, by default, it should work. The major issue or differentiator was if an application required to call on certain APIs for Google services, for example, location. Yes. Um, if you're using um, a delivery service or a ride-hailing app, right. it will call on Google services to provide those mapping solutions. Those specific applications now had nowhere to call on because because of the geopolitics, we weren't allowed to use those services. And that is what HMS essentially is. Huawei created our own APIs to be mm. able to plug in. And we had to go out to developers to be able to get them to integrate that. And I think that was the major transition. But since 2019 to now, mm -hmm. massive progress have been made in that space. And that is why we've now become the third largest app store by downloads globally. But also applications have become available. So when we go back to 2019, myself, I found it a little bit challenging mm -hmm. um, using an HMS phone. Today, as a business person, as an executive, I use my phone a lot. And it's a lot of, I've got 153 applications wow. on my mobile phone. And all of them are functional. So if I need to use Uber, it's available. I can use Google Chrome. I can use Maps. I can use YouTube on a Huawei HMS device. And the same with the consumers. And all of these apps that I just mentioned are directly available on the app gallery. Right. Okay, so it's and the they all work. If and they the all gallery, work. they're all going to work 100%. Correct. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to now go to third-party app stores like it used to be. Yes. We also had a solution which was Petal Search previously, just last year. And you had to, you could, it was a search engine that will find applications for you off the internet and allow you to then sideload that. Mm -hmm. Now you don't need to do this because even Petal Search is integrated into App Gallery. And App Gallery has all the security protocols to scan, to check for malware, to ensure the app is legitimate. And then you download that onto your device and it's fully functional if it's on App Gallery. Mm -hmm. We currently have a 99.9% .9 app availability, uh, availability rate for the most popular apps in the world. Okay. So I think massive, massive improvement. A, a lot of people were sideloading uh, APKs onto their devices, which obviously has security risks yes. associated with it. Correct. What you're saying is that um, with all the development that's happened, your average consumer is probably not going to have to sideload an that. APK onto Correct. their device. Um, so you can get WhatsApp now? In, in you could get WhatsApp in App Gallery, you could get Facebook, well, all of your social media, um, your, your ride-hailing, your, your um, e-commerce, right. um, financial services, entertainment and streaming services. So all of the popular apps that we use, and, and as well as um, the, the, the popular apps, like I mentioned, like YouTube and, and Chrome, and even Google Drive. I think one of the challenges earlier on, we did have WhatsApp available on App Gallery. Right. But because we have Huawei cloud services, you couldn't back it up to Google Drive. Mm -hmm. Yet, so that was a problem. You had to back it up by default on the handset itself. Mm -hmm. Whereas now you could back up on a Huawei device onto Google Drive as well. Okay. You know, so these are all available and it's right there for consumers to go and experience. So the user experience has improved drastically. There shouldn't be an issue where a customer is concerned about software. Um, in their decision-making process if they're choosing Huawei right now. If they do have concerns, though, if they go to the point of sale, if they, for example, go to one of your Huawei stores, yeah. uh, I presume the uh, sales assistants there will gladly take them through Absolutely. Uh, what the phone can and cannot do, um, any questions or concerns they might have about the lack of GMS, G GMS on the device and ex ac the ability to get yeah. uh, access to apps that they're used to using. 100%. I think it's right now it's just a a point of education mm -hmm. and getting people to understand how do you go about it. Um, it's like uh, kind of moving from Android to iOS. There's a little bit of a learning curve. 
and to be able to plug that learning curve. If they go into our stores, we offer a free unboxing service. Okay. So the consultants will unbox it, they will make sure it's set up, they transfer all of your data from your old device to your new one, mm -hmm. and show you exactly where to go to be able to set up your new, your new phone as you would expect mm -hmm. it to be. But beyond that, we're one of the few, uh, I think we're the only manufacturer right now that offers a 24-7 customer service touchpoint. So on your phone itself, you've got Huawei Care, and by going through that, we have live chat. Um, we also have a WhatsApp facility and a phone uh, facility. So we have multiple touch points for consumers to reach us. Mm -hmm. So even if you can't find an app, we've got somebody live that you can chat to and say, where do I go? And they'll direct you and navigate you to that time. process. At any time, 24-7. Okay, fantastic. Fantastic. And, sorry. Yes. Uh, if I'm, uh, the question about 4G and mm. 5G. Of course, yes. I think uh, that was also a really, really important one. And you, as you correctly mentioned, you know, 4G right now, especially in a South African context, works really, really well. If we look at the 5G providers, yes, it's, you know, it's a little bit more stable, perhaps um, lower latency, etc. But from true speeds, 4G LTE is still the most reliable option. And um, we, we find that most of our users, this is sufficient, or actually doing the job great. And the reason is not so much that we cannot provide 5G. I mean, this phone in your hand has the latest chipset mm -hmm. provided by Qualcomm. Mm. Huawei is still the number one 5G provider globally in terms of networking infrastructure. What has happened really with the geopolitics is that we were stopped and restricted from purchasing equipment to be able to manufacture those chips. Right. So although we designed the chips because we had Kirin and part of high silicon yes. and we could design our own chipsets, but we were restricted from purchasing components. Then we went to uh, fabrication facilities and we said we'll buy components from you. Mm -hmm. But because they use U.S. equipment, mm -hmm. we weren't even allowed to have a commercial agreement with them. So clearly this is geopolitics, it's about economics and has nothing to do with national security interests um, or anything like that because those same companies can provide 4G chips to us. Right. But as soon as you unlock a 5G modem to make yeah. it a little bit faster, um, th then it's a security issue. So, <laughs> you know, that doesn't make any sense at all, but that is the restriction and not for a lack of capability. Yeah. And we're hoping in future that we can be able to overcome those hurdles as we've overcome the GMS hurdles. I was going to ask uh, yeah. about high silicon and, 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 and how you get overcome some of these, yeah. these issues. Are you confident that uh, Huawei phones will have 5G in the, in the future? Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're certainly working on it. Um, and, and, you know, I think one of the main things and what allows us, if, if we look at the challenges we've experienced over this number of years, Duncan, we shouldn't exist. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't be having this conversation mm -hmm. um, and, and launching flagship phones at, at this price point and still selling them. Mm. You know, it's done incredibly well. But, uh, and that's testament to, to the brand and the technology and the innovation. But we, a lot of that has to do with the 15% of our annual revenues that we invest every single year in research and development. It allows us to be just a step ahead. Just last year alone, we registered about close to 7,000 patents, making us number one globally. 2017 to 2021, we were 180% higher than the second company that registered patents. Mm. You know, so we're continuously going out there and innovating and investing lots of money this is what is allowing us to be able to say we will get out of this yes. and we will find a solution. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a heck of a, a ride for Huawei over the last couple of years, yeah. and um, I uh, it, it must be it must have been incredibly difficult to have these restrictions placed on you while you were I mean you were on a real upward momentum yeah. uh, leading into these into these uh, sanctions that were imposed by the U.S. and uh, I think you'd taken the number one position did. globally. Yes, uh, just before the sanctions hit, it, it was about a month prior to the. 
April yeah. and then in May the sanctions hit. In April of 2019, right. we peaked at number one globally. Yes, um, I remember that. And then we were hit with the sanctions and then you know, things Must went have on. been incredibly frustrating for your teams. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I think especially if you, if you find a company that works so hard and has been trying and, do, and doing all of this. But at the same time, we've been incredibly resilient. Yes. Um, you know, our, our fan base and the Huawei users have proven to be incredibly resilient too, especially in a South African context. Oh, they're quite loyal to the brand. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, an extension of this, this is just mobile phones, but we launched PCs, we launched wearables, we launched tablets. Yes. And in many of those segments, we were new to market. Mm -hmm. We're coming with a PC and we're going up against the Dells and the HPs of the world, who of course have incredible products and established um, channels mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. So we had to come and learn the market. We had to come and try and attract that consumer base. Um, and of course we didn't have cover every price point, but the price points that we did cover, we became first or second in just one quarter. Mm -hmm. And we still maintain those positions. So we might only have two or three models of our PC but we have already number one or number two. And the same with the wearables. We are the second largest wearable brand in this country, mm -hmm. um, and that is being a new entrant. Audio products, same. And this is, again, because of that loyalty, a very f a loyal fan base, and they know the quality of Huawei. Mm -hmm. It was really just the restrictions that were placed on us that maybe took an effect on our mobile phones. But now that we've resolved much of it, um, consumers can mm -hmm. be rest assured they, they'd have a great experience here. Yeah. Before I let you go, let's talk about the launch of this product in South Africa. You mentioned it's open for pre-order. Yes. Uh, when when does it officially go on sale? One Feb. One Feb. Yeah. Okay. okay. So from the twenty sixth, we we did a, a massive launch event. Yeah. Um, and pre-orders started from then, and first of February, available across the board in South Africa, all retailers, mm -hmm. all operators. Okay. And what should consumers know about this device? Are they are they are they getting anything thrown in as part of the deal? I know Huawei likes to do that. Well, if they pre-ordered, yes. um, and I think they've got a day, a day left. Well, for we're publishing on the first, so it might be <laughs> too late. <laughs> okay, but um, yeah, if you have pre-ordered, you would have gotten a, a, a Huawei watch, smartwatch okay. with it free. Right. Um, but if you go into stores, it's still you, you still can consider it free now because you're getting a supercharger. Like we said, it has mm -hmm. 66 watt supercharging. Mm -hmm. The 66 watt supercharger is provided in the box, unlike some of the other guys that take them out, as well as you have a cover to protect the back especially with the glass version, the black and silver, mm -hmm. um, it can get quite a bit of fingerprints. You don't need to worry too much about the front screen, but because of fingerprints or scratches, because this is standard glass, um, you have a cover that's provided with it as well. Okay, and the colors it comes in? This is orange, I really like that's the That's the orange vegan leather. It comes mm -hmm. in black and gold, as well as a silver uh, version as well. Okay, okay, so, so this is the only vegan leather version. That's the only version, vegan orange. leather version, mm -hmm. yes, correct. But it's a really nice color. I don't know if it's coming through properly on the camera, but. Uh, it really is a standout color, which is uh, absolutely which is stunning. Fantastic. And uh, obviously, you'll be able to get this on contract through the various network operators. Correct. The contract price starts at around 839 on 36 months okay. and just 1,099 Rand over 24 months. Um, and of course, you can be able to buy them on the Huawei online store as well mm -hmm. uh, for 24999 for the black and silver, which is the 256 mm -hmm. versions, and 26999 for the vegan leather 512 version. Nice, very nice. Okay. Uh, oh, and the pre-orders as well, if, if people pre-ordered it, they also got 2,500 Rand off on the price. If okay. it was pre-ordered, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, I think it might be just too late by the time we publish, but uh, you can still go into the uh, Huawei online store and order this or yeah. go, to, go to one of the, oh, is it available to all of the network operators? All of the network operators, um, as well as some of the major retailers and of course the Huawei online store. Great, well I look forward to checking it out and trying out HMS and uh, going into the app gallery and 
seeing all the apps that I can download and, and, and use. And Akram, I'll, I'll provide feedback to you as well about sure. uh, anything, any issues I might run into, but um, it sounds like Thank it's going to be pretty smooth. I think sailing. you're going to be pleasantly surprised. I think so too. Yeah. Akram Mohammed, let me get your title right, is uh, Vice President of Operations at the Huawei Business Group South Africa. Thank you so much for coming into the studio to talk to us today. Thanks for having me, Duncan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Akram.